Hi, welcome to this episode of Author Eke. I'm Travis Davis, your host. Tell us your story. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Author Eke. We have Eric Maynard today, and I'll let him go ahead and introduce himself, and then we're going to take it from there. So, Eric, all yours, man. Well, thank you, Travis, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I really enjoy listening to the episodes you've had out so far. It's been fun. And I'm going to tell everyone that's listening to this that they should go back and listen to all the episodes that they haven't yet. Just my personal opinion. But a bit about myself. We like that, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So a little bit about myself. If you're looking for me, my published name is EA. I use my initials. Keep it simple. I don't try to hide who I am. I am who I am, as old Papa used to say. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is I've written three books. I wrote the first one, Bearman, A Road of No Return, Country Secrets, and Aftermath. I'm working on a different book now, but we'll, we can get into that later. But basically, they're set in a place where my hometown, a little farm town, community area that no one knows about really and i always joke around that my hometown had a blinking red light until i was making a comment and my mom corrected me saying no that light's been gone for a few years (laughs) i come from a town that we have stop signs and that's it (laughs) and there i think there's more cows than people in the area so but it was wonderful to grow up in and i found that there was a side of the community aside of the town that I grew up with that a lot of people don't think about or don't realize in the country. Mm-hmm. So, and with basically finding that I was away from that community and hearing what people thought about the country life, I started actually getting interested in dabbling a little bit into stories to where I wanted to share my history, but make it entertaining. I exaggerate a whole lot. The character is just flamboyant, not flamboyant, but very, um, I don't know the actual word to be honest with you, but he's very there. He's very self-confident mm-hmm. in what so have you. Right. He steps into a world of drugs, crime, all this to try to make money. He starts off as just doing it for money, and then realizes he can be more than just a dealer. Once he realizes that, then the story takes off. And from there, he starts working on building his empire, making his empire, keeping his empire, Mm -hmm. and what so have you. Yeah, I like the uh, country aspect. My my dad and my, where my grandmother lived, their their stop sign said, whoa. So, uh, (laughs) let me get the stop. But uh, out in the country, and, uh, you know, my grandmother didn't have a, uh, indoor plumbing till about 61 or 62. Uh, so it was out there in, Ar- in Arkansas, rural Arkansas town called ball knob, great city, great, nice place for your family. Right. Um, so I, I like that aspect of it, but then you talk about rural community. There's a, there's a lot, there's a problem in the rural community with, with drugs and stuff that's, that's prevalent. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. and I, you know, that your character brings that to you. So do you. Do, do you write about, you know, that from their perspective or from somebody else's perspective? How do you write? So, so the book 
the first two books are all written from the perspective of the main character, Scott. Okay. Barry. Okay. So, and the character, everyone calls him by his last name, Behrman in the series, Behrman series. But what it goes from is it goes into him diving into a world that a lot of, like I said, a lot of people that have read my book said that they've heard of it, but they've never seen it. Mm-hmm. And then I've had people say, oh yeah, my kids talk to me all the time about this is what they experience yeah. because I mean, right now, everyone, when they think of the country life, they think, oh, a bunch of farmers, a bunch of the worst that kids are going to do is drink and party. And Hicks. They, they think of what they hear in the country. Songs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what truthfully is, is small towns are, they're not always the most, um, prosperous areas you have a lot of people that have to really push to be able to survive mm-hmm. and doing that you have the kids feeling the stress feeling the pressure and alcohol it's prevalent but there's also a side of the drugs right now i know that um one of the towns fremont that's in the story fremont ohio when I was going to school, Mm -hmm. there was kids that I knew that would talk about how they were part of shipments coming in all over the country, picking up drugs and selling them. Oh, wow. So, I mean, a lot of the stories and I put some of my own history and story into the books Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for levity, for humor purposes. I think everybody does. I think every writer, there is a, something about them personal in that book oh yeah some way somehow every writer has himself in it and you might not realize it the writers sometimes don't realize it but if you're writing you're putting yourself one way or another in Mm -hmm. at least one of the characters i agree another thing that i've done is i pulled stories that i remember being told things that i've witnessed Mm -hmm. from other people doing that I used in there as well that shows the complexity of the drugs. Like, um, I'm not going to mention the actual town, but yeah. there's a town in my, where I grew up around us, where if you wanted to get away with anything, there were certain cops, you could give either drugs, money, or other things too, mm-hmm. that they would turn a blind eye to whatever you did. Right. And Everyone also thinks all oh, small town cops. Let's think of Barney Pfeiffer. What's I have yeah. you? The, the upstanding yeah. officer. Poli- people, no matter where you are, I've come to found, I've traveled the country more times than I can count yep. or want to. And the one thing I found is people are generally the same no matter where you go. They might have different attitudes. They might have different religions, different thoughts. But in a whole... You have a group of people that are going to do whatever they can to make money, succeed, survive, do whatever it takes. You have people that are happy. They don't want to know about that other side of the world. And you have a whole other slew of people. So I wanted, like I said, with my book, I wanted to bring in the idea of there's more to the country life than just flowers and roses and butterflies and what so have you. Right. It's real life. Yeah. I have family. I have friends. I have people that I went to school with that I just had to stop associating with 
because they got too far into drugs that their yeah. lives were devastated. Yeah, I think everybody, uh, I mean, I grew up in the mid-70s, so. Yeah, well. I'm not going to get into anything out <laughs> <laughs> there, but uh, no, I would agree, I agree with you. So do you, do you, where do you like to write? Like when you write, where do you like to do it? Outside, inside, certain time of day? No, no. Like I can write with the TV on. Right. So could I. <laughs> but normally what I try to do is either have sound off, mm -hmm. like I'll let whatever playing just end and not realize it. I'll play music. I actually find that um, I'll do the like pop music transferred over into just instrumental music. Mm hmm. So like um, there's a group called Two Cellos, I think it is, and Simply Three that plays a lot of modern music with just the classical instruments. And they're really fun. I, Interesting. I think the Two Cellos, they do like Aerosmith and Nirvana, they have a Nirvana one and just a whole slew of them. I'm going to check those out. That's yeah, they're fun. In fact, um, yeah. one of them did a, I watched a video where he did a um, concert in Rome with Oh, I mean, now Andrew Pocelli. No, I was going to say the lead singer to Aerosmith, Mick Jagger. No, that's Rolling Stones. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I can't remember his name now. Yeah, but either see him now. Yeah. But it was a good thing. And, but things like that, they tend to get my mind off of background noises because I can, I can get distracted easily for me writing time. Mm -hmm. Like I try to write right now. I have two kids. One is not even a year old and the other's oh, wow. four years, the other's four <laughs> years old. So when they're awake and home, I have no time except for running after them. Steven Tyler, Steven Tyler, Steven Tyler. Yes. <laughs> hey, Earl Smith <laughs> yes. fans. If you know, Steven Tyler, tell me got the name without even looking on Google. So. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, with having kids, I try to wake up as early as I can right in the morning for an hour or two if possible. My right now, my time is kind of getting hard. Like the book I'm trying to write right now, for an example, mm -hmm. the working title is my backpack and it's a, it's my backpack, a mostly fictional memoir of my travels. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, you like to travel? I mean, well, like, see, like, so like backpack or, or RV no, or hotel or what? what I ended up doing was when I was in my early, I started off when I was 20 years old. Mm working with a company that traveled the whole country and some of Canada for trade shows. Now, mm -hmm. when most people hear trade shows, the first thing they're thinking is like car trade shows, gun trade shows, yeah. home shows, things like that. Nope. Best way to explain them is how I always told people in the past, they're just fancy flea markets. That we, <laughs> I would have to agree. <laughs> so it was, we would sell a bunch of stuff. So right. I started off as, working with sales and working with the event manager to do a little bit of both. And so what I, after I think it was been 20 years of doing that, mm -hmm. I finally got completely out of the industry just because it was really dying by the time I left. Oh yeah. And, a years, certainly. Yeah. So it was about maybe a decade or so ago when I got out of it. And the problem was, is I started off, I was driving everywhere. I was mm -hmm. basically living out of a suitcase or sometimes if the show was close enough, it would be out of a backpack where I could just shove enough clothes in yep. that 
I knew once it was over, I was on my way back home, things like that. So it starts off where I'm just starting the job back in 1999. Mm-hmm. And I go to this event, my first event, first time I ever hop on a plane, I go to Winnipeg, Canada. First time outside of wow. a small time, small town, first mm-hmm. time ever out of, well, I've been, when I was growing up, I traveled with my grandparents, but right. my first time actually out of the country, all this mm-hmm. stuff. First time I ever actually, I still remember that event. Always found funny that it was actually the first time I ever had anyone ask me, well, you have an interesting accent. Where are you from? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that or as soon as I would say Ohio, they're like, oh, the Drew Carey show. (laughs) And I would laugh and say, well, I've never met him. He's funny, but never met him. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, though. That is. Yeah. That's what everybody associates at that time. And that's what I got a lot about when I talked about it. So the little I get to write is during those points, but it's kind of a difficult area considering children, all the fun little events. Oh yeah. Obviously I'm not making a killing on my books. So what I'm doing right now is I'm working as a restaurant designer, which I honestly don't think I would ever give up. Mm-hmm. Just because I love designing, right? It's something about being creative on the page and also creating something that comes to life mm-hmm. that kind of drives me. So even if I do win the lottery with a book dealer, with book somebody picking up my books mm-hmm. and finding they're amazing, mm-hmm. I think I'll always keep trying to design restaurants just because it's interesting. It's brings yeah. out another aspect of creativity. I haven't yet met an author that doesn't have a job right because there's i mean there's there's a ton of books out there so but did you self-published or did you find a publisher how did you work it no one one different than the other i self-published all three books okay so i i looked at before i did it because when i started writing the first one i took quite some time to write it Mm -hmm. and i actually wrote my books in the wrong order so yeah, I oh, wrote Tarantino. <laughs> kind of. So book two, I wrote Country Secrets first. Uh-huh. So the, at that point, the characters are already into his drug, um, his drug empire, his doing all these things. He has a whole bunch of bad things. Right. And he's in a serious relationship that he has to balance that with trying to do everything he's doing while also not involving her into it. Right. Even though everybody basically knows what he does, he doesn't want her to be part of it. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that book and that book stemmed because when I moved out of Ohio, I moved to Maryland right outside right. of DC. Yeah. And I was away from all my friends. I was away from everybody I knew. And I really couldn't connect with anyone out here because the people I knew were meeting the only sports they wanted to talk about was soccer and tennis and I lacrosse. I think it's called. Yeah. I couldn't talk about those. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I wanted to talk about hockey, football. Right. I mean, those sports, those sports right. I grew up in the Midwest. with. So I kind of didn't really have a good connection. So I found myself sitting at my apartment a lot. So I would get, a few beers in me and 
I'd write a paragraph and then watch a TV show and yep. then I would go back, rewrite it, or I would write a couple pages, rewrite it, delete it. Mm-hmm. It was a very long work in progress. And by the time I finished it, it was probably six years later. Okay. So that's a common, a lot of folks I've talked to have were writing a, their first book for like, you know, years. They have the idea. Right. But it's taken them just years to, hey, because everybody's busy, right? I mean, it's hard to take your family. It's hard to take two or three hours out of a day and just write. Right. So for me, it was just basically getting everything situated where I had um everything the way I liked it, everything the way I wanted it. So what I ended up doing was I ended up um, finishing it right before my first son was born. Okay. Or my first kid was born. And I worked through it. I edited, I sent it out to an editor who did it for free for me. So I was very lucky on that. Aspect. Well, that's a good bargain. Oh yeah. So, well, it was family too. So that made a big difference there as well. Yeah. So what I ended up doing, I think mine would have charged me more. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But luckily I had that saving grace that saved me the money there. Yeah. And again, I was probably freshly married and my wife and I was also just starting to build things up. So money was tight. So if I didn't get that, my grammar and all this is horrible. I would have probably missed it or what's I have you. Right. So the um, fact came out to be where once I finished it, published it, got it out. I ended up um, finding that some people that read the book had some questions. They're like, well, how did this start? Or there's some things that they wanted to know prior. Oh, interesting. So, and I thought about it and I'm like, you know, this makes sense. So I ended up writing the first book after that, mm-hmm. which is Behrman, Road of No Return, which explains how he got into it, okay. what happened. And there's a lot more um, situations of mm-hmm. relationships. He ends up having a relationship fall apart and not by the girl's fault or his fault. It's yeah. interesting in the story. It's actually in the first couple chapters. Mm-hmm. Then it drives on to that fuels a side of rage on him. And that rage builds up a, a reputation that he uses throughout all the stories. So interesting. Interesting. So what you do and it kind of shows your actions Mm -hmm. will serve you for better or worse in the future. So he wasn't intentionally trying to set out for, Hey, I want this reputation, Mm -hmm. but because he was so full of anger and so full of rage, he would openly fight people. He would get, violent very easily over the littlest things and some of the things that he did to get all that anger out ended up building him a reputation where people sat there and said don't mess with this guy he might kill you so it's or at least close to it so i mean that's the kind of reputation he built up in the first book Mm -hmm. that because people did ask well how did he get known to be so don't mess with me kind of a guy. Right, right, right. So, yeah, that's how that led to that. And, I mean, so, and then 
it, I luckily that book, I was working at a job that was so dead wow. that I was pretending to work most of the time. So I got a chance to write the second book uh-huh. and that book probably took me maybe three to six months to write okay. and then go through and edit and all this. Right. Then it was after that, I got probably maybe another year or two after that, I wrote my third book after mm-hmm. where I use, I put in stories about how, because after country secrets, it's either going into a new series. Right. If I choose to go that route, which I'm really not feeling that urge yet, mm-hmm. or I needed to do the, what happened after stories. Wow. And so aftermath is a collection of stories of the characters of some of the main characters in country secrets, mm-hmm. what happened to them. So like, there's a story in there where, um, the fiance girlfriend in country secrets, she, what she deals with after the ending of country secrets and she goes off and becomes a lawyer working for the federal government. Well, she already had her customers. <laughs> exactly. Well, she's going in trying to fighting, try to get rid of drug dealers and well, okay. she's trying to clean things up. Uh-huh. She has a vengeance that she wants to attack the criminals. Mm-hmm. And one, that story there leads into her stumbling onto somebody that is not somebody she really should have been in contact with. Right. A, it's somebody that said, Hey, I'm going to give you this person up. And then because of that, she got a hit on her from a mob boss who leads into the rest of the story, the adventures, the actions, the different surprises. And And that's just one of the stories. So it kind of brings out the, each character because at the end of country secrets, basically Mm -hmm. the characters do go, eventually they have to go their own way. Life right. goes on. So just because the story, like I used to always say to people, because the story ends for one person doesn't mean it ends for everybody. Exactly. So it kind of wanted to point out, hey, this is what happened to people after Country Secrets. This is what they did with their lives. Mm-hmm. This is how they either got closure or moved on or they end up are surviving their own way. So how do you, I, I found that, you know, writing the book was probably a third of the whole thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so how do you, I find it harder or more challenging once it's out to market. So how do you market your book? What do you, what do you do? Where, where can people find it? I know you have a podcast, so I right. So everybody know my what podcast. podcast I, I definitely advertise it and mention it on my podcast as much right. as I can. So occasionally you'll hear me make drops of there. I have a website, authorblurb.com. Mm-hmm. I do marketing is a huge part of it. I do try to advertise on Amazon and a few other places, but my website, eamainer.com has all my books on it. All the interviews I do, like as soon as we're done, I'll put this on the website so people can listen to it over awesome. and over and over again. Yeah. And Goodreads, you can, I have a Goodreads page. So, yeah. I mean, I try to be as much as I can try to get my name out there as much as I can. But usually I'm horrible about social media. So I always tell people if they want to find me, my website, you can email me, contact me, whatever you want right there. 
eamaynard.com. Yeah, I, I tell, you know, from, from my very limited experience in the last, I started writing my book in March. Okay. And it was released at the end of August. So I have I mean, six months, seven months. That's all, all experience I have. But what I would tell, like, you know, new authors or somebody that wants to write a book or think about writing a book, it's just not about writing the book. It's about marketing the book. It's about getting on Goodreads, right? It's about right. looking uh, at some of these uh, indie bookstores mm -hmm. to be able to get in there and do book signings. It's look at, uh, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Look at how you can market it because that's really going to be key because as a new author, it's even with the publisher, it's hard to get your name out there because you're, you're not a known entity, right? Right. Well, something new. So like one thing I've noticed with some of the guests I have on my podcast, Author Blurb, you, I get a lot of authors that will not include any links on how to find their books. Right. Or they assume everybody should know who they are. Mm -hmm. The fact is, is no one knows who you are. Yeah. There are millions of books out there that we all I think are like two or three million on Amazon. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I was, was going to say, there's so many books out there that yeah. just saying, Hey, I'm throwing my books out there. Why is no one finding me is like saying, Hey, I spit in the ocean. Right. Can you see where I spit? Yeah, it's yeah. Be like, yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's that comparison that you're just basically a spit in the ocean and you have to figure out how to get yourself discovered. I know and I did a local I did a local paper. I'm doing the local library. Uh because I went to the I went to the Barnes and Noble here in town. I go, oh, you know, hey, I'm an author. I wrote my book and she what's the name of the book? And she goes, Oh, we're not covering, we're not carrying it. I'm like, <laughs> bummer. All right. I gotta make it something else. Right. <laughs> right. And getting into some of those bookstores are even if you're trying to do a signing mm -hmm. is a huge challenge for a lot of yeah. people. Mm -hmm. Smaller bookstores if you bring in maybe 50 to 100 of your books, they'll let you set up and try to sell them through them. Right. Yeah. So, and then you have to take that stock back. So it's basically it on loan. Um, yeah. Consignment. You're doing. Yeah. Now, and getting into a lot of these places do tend to get a little difficult at times. Mm -hmm. So, I, but the one thing that I think anytime you're trying to advertise yourself, trying to get your name out there, the one thing, the most important thing I think every author should do, spend 10 bucks on a domain name, yeah, author, writer, whatever you want it to be. Like mine is simply eamaynard.com mm -hmm. and get that way, that domain in your name, look at hosting services and set up a webpage. There's so many different options to make yeah. web pages so easy that it's ridiculous. And if you don't have a web page, even if it's just one book. And the yeah. one thing I've noticed is unless that one book is all you're ever gonna write, don't name the web page after your book. No, mine is uh mine is random thoughts LLC. Right. Because it's not only books, but it has my podcast, it has events, a little bio about me. Um, you know, whatever else I want to put out there, it's just random thoughts LLC because I'm like my book was a random thought that right. turned into a story on paper. I, feel like, I, I, I don't like to write. Right. I like to tell stories in the written form. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't and, like to write. And that makes sense. And the one big thing also is, is that, like you said, you have a whole bunch of other things on your webpage 
of yeah. what you're doing, your thoughts, your podcast. Yeah. Me, I have my podcast and my author page separate mm -hmm. just because I didn't, just because of how I did it. I didn't want to, I started my author page years ago. Yeah. I didn't want to try to bring it in. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I have a small press publishing that I put everything that I publish under. Yep. And I put everything combined onto that website. So I have my Gremlin publishing that I use to put like any audiobooks that I'm trying to record. I'm working on that a project just now for classic mm -hmm. audiobooks. I'm working oh, nice. on so I'm trying to do like um Aesop's fables right now. Mm -hmm. I'm recording all those and then I'll put that on on different services. I'll put it onto the Gremlin Publishing website. And I also have author blurb mentioned on there and attached. I have my author page attached to it. And who knows if it ever grows, I'll attach other authors. But right now, it's just me. And I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah, so, so they, I mean, you need a presence. You have to have presence right. on the internet, whether it's one page or 10 pages. Uh, you know, fa Facebook, you got to have Facebook. Uh, well, not, not everybody. I, I don't. I'm not, I have a I, face. I have a Facebook I haven't touched in years. Yeah, I'm not a and, big. Uh, the, the one I won't get into what I feel about them, but <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm probably right there with you. But the one thing that is also a big thing is, and I've heard this numerous times mm -hmm. over the years. Keep in mind that Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media you're on, they'll they can kick you off. They can close down yeah. they can anything can happen and your whole audience is gone yep. whereas if you have your website have a mailing list an email list things like that yeah you can still keep in contact with them say like you said facebook i haven't been on facebook in forever and yep. i do have a facebook page but it's probably as worthless as a wet rag in the rain <laughs> so i mean the fact is is it's I don't count on that bringing me any income or any audience because I'm working on different areas. Cause like I said, my social media mm. outreach is horrible. Right. So at least for my author side podcasts, yeah. I'll post for the podcast at least once a day, but for myself, I have too much going on to actually think about. And I work on marketing out other places. So I do. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a marketing plan. You got to, whether you have a hundred dollars to spend a month or shoot, you know, even less, or you have more, but spend it effectively. And the best way to spend it effectively is to listen to other authors, not people trying to contact you and say, I'm a marketing genius. Oh, I've yeah. met very few people that say they're a marketing genius that are marketing genius. <laughs> right. Me. Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. So yeah. it's, I've, I've listened, like I said, I've been doing this for a while now, mind you, only three books, right. but it's, everybody's going to tell you how they, how they think the golden key is. You yep. can make a thousand dollars a day. If you do it this way, that's not the case. No matter what you do, that's not what happens. That's not how it works. Unless you, like I said, become that weirdly mm -hmm. discovered and everybody just instantly falls in love and shares your books, all this, but there's not too many authors that become overnight successes on the first book. They yeah, build up. Probably a, count them on one hand. Yeah. Most people, mm -hmm. they build up an audience. 
as they grow their their backlog, their books, yeah. and then as they're doing it, they end up growing that community to where people want to buy more. So, like you said, I think you said you're working on your second. Book. I am. I'm writing on my second book. That's a follow on. Now I'm even thinking about the third and fourth book because I can move it in in other directions, but with the same character base. Right. And that's what what I want, because I want, the the problem when you do that, the issue is, so if I write write my first book, now when you write the second book, you got to introduce a character, but you can't reintroduce them from total scratch. Right. Because because then people read the first book, don't want to read the second one. So you got to introduce them in a way that if people read the second one, I need to go back and read the first one or or via V, right? That's that's how you got to do that. Here's the one thing that I found is soft, certain softwares do help. Mm. I've heard lots of people talk about Scrivener. I personally don't like Scrivener. Something about it just doesn't feel comfortable to me. And I've never heard of that. Had, what is everybody that? has their own preferences. So it's supposed to help you organize your writing, all this stuff. Oh, I don't do that. I do write that. Right. So this one, he, the program I use, they offer a completely free version. And then they offer a paid version that I think comes out to like $23 or $30, something like that for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it's called B-I-B-S-C-O, Bibios or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can shoot you the link for it. But these, I use that for my writing because once you put in like the character's information and you go to the next book, it'll create a sequel where those characters will follow along. And what I'm going to do with this book I'm doing, my backpack, is I'm trying to be more attentive to not just putting general information in, yeah, filling out everything. And once I'm done, what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer all that information, the character information, the town information, mm-hmm. all the back information I have for that, mm-hmm. offered out to readers for free. So that they can have my insight, my information about the characters, about the places, so they can be more involved. And it also allows me to write, like I can write in little sections. So when you're in a chapter, you can write like maybe 3,000 words and be like, okay, that's the end of that section, but the chapter's not done. You can start writing in another section so you can keep, and if you need to organize, you can organize and tweak it accordingly. I mean, it's, it's a great software that I find useful for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of went to the support. I paid for the, the version. version that they call it mm-hmm. because it gives me more freedom to do stuff. The making sequels because I use that from aftermath country seek from aftermath or mm-hmm. for aftermath from Behrman wrote a note return. So yeah, I, I do, I, I do the, I do the, beginning but i rewrite the beginning until i feel like it's a good beginning but then i also write the end and then what i do is i fill it in and i'll start writing because i write uh linearly right right so then when i start writing i say oh like i I like to walk in the morning i walk in four or five miles i like like to think and listen to music now i get home and i'll say i'll just put a blurb in the book somewhere like i got a section in my book called stuff for book right and i'll just put it in there and then as i'm writing oh yeah now i need to add that and I'll add that in there, and, and that's how I write. I'm probably one of the most unorthodox, uh, untrained writers in the world. Well, you but sound like a pantser. That's how you sound like what's called works. a pantser. So 
you well actually now they fancied it up and call it discovery writers that's me but, <laughs> yeah so basically you write by the seat of your pants yes and that's what i do a lot too so for me to stop and write fill out the information on the characters and things like that yeah. kind of wanted is supposed to mean to give you more of an indication mm-hmm. plus as you're writing through that software you can on a project explorer on the side you can click mm-hmm. on that character and pull up all their information to see okay this is what this person's like yeah once you start getting a log long large selection of characters uh-huh. places things like that sometimes it gets kind of hard to keep track of right. so oh, no it is it, I've, I've got four well i got some main you know three main and probably four side in the book quite often but yeah so, like, so yeah I'm, I'm definitely a extemporaneous writer you know it's off the top right. of my head oh well like before i got software i had a character list with like a paragraph note of each one mm-hmm. at the bottom of each sheet once i finished a chapter i would copy it. and paste that to the next <laughs> page so that it's a technique Right. I mean, yeah, so, but once I got this software, I was able to go, okay, let me find out about this character. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is who, they're who I'm thinking they are. Or, because, like I said, and especially as you go, if you're writing several different books, like, say I do decide to go back into the Behrman series and write the um, this other series that I'm thinking about, right? I can go back and look at all their information so certain writing software does help if you use right. it, but if you're just a pantser, you have notes and all this, and you just keep like a little info at the bottom, yeah, then yeah. whatever works. Yeah, I'm, now, I'm probably the most organized, unorganized person around. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, I do, I don't know, just the way I think, of, you know, it's like a squirrel or whatever, probably ADD, but got right. through life. Um but yeah, so great. So again, what's the name of the books and where can we pick them up? All the locations, what's your podcast again? Uh, Cause I want to get all this out to the folks. So they go out and check it. I learned something today in the podcast. Well, good. As long as I can help people. And you know, if you have questions and you want to talk to me, EA Maynard one, I list all my books at EA Maynard.com. Mm-hmm. So, and Maynard is M A Y N A R D. You can find me there. You can email me if you have questions. If you want to know the actual software that I'm talking about, send me a message there. I'll talk to you about it. Um, you can reach out to me at authorblurb.com as well, where my podcast is. Mm-hmm. I I do conversations kind of like you and I are doing, which yep. I'm actually glad to say that you're going to be on the show as well. I am. So, I'm going to be on this podcast. Yes. So ask me questions. Exactly. So we're going to dig into your book on author blur yeah. as well, where the podcast itself can be found on basically YouTube rumble and any country you want to listen to it. I've seen that my listening is all over the world now. In fact, I just hit Africa this morning. So that was the final continent I needed oh, to get. Fantastic. I've, I've been listened to at least once in every continent on the country other than like um, Antarctica, because I don't think anyone lives in Antarctica, but I could be wrong. Not permanently. Eh, so, <laughs> but I keep everything there. 
if you don't want to go to my website, you can find my books on Amazon, on Kobo, on books and books or Barnes and Noble. I basically have it as widely as I can. So, and all else fails. If you Google my name, EA Maynard, mm-hmm. you're going to find my books. You're going to find me. I've tested it on several different devices, so I'm easily discoverable. So yeah, but if you want to LinkedIn, you can even find them on LinkedIn. Yes. I'm on LinkedIn under Eric Maynard. There's that so, social stuff he doesn't like. <laughs> yes. So LinkedIn is one of the few that I do get kind of active yeah. on because it's professional. And again, yes. I get to pay attention close to the design side of food service and see authors. So it's a very creative area for me to be involved in, which a lot of people don't think of LinkedIn as a creative area. So, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it is. That's turned that way. Yeah. So initially, yeah. I'd like to say, Travis, thank you for having me on. I do appreciate it. Yes, I appreciate it. Great information. And I'm looking forward to having you on so we can dive into your book as well. Because from what I'm understanding of everything I've looked at, it sounds very interesting. A whole, they go to Russia. Is it, they're going to Russia to try to foil some, I don't want to get too much away yet. Because no, if you want to hear about this book, you should come to it, my website. The next, it's, it's the next energy war. It's yeah. What if? But I was talking to, I was sitting next to a lady on a plane. She asked me what, you know, so I was writing on the book, another book. She said, what are you doing? I said, well, right, right there. I said, well, I'm writing right now. And she goes, oh. So I told her about the book. And she looked at me. She goes, is this real? So I said, <laughs> that's good fiction. <laughs> you know, weirdly enough, when fiction becomes too close to reality, people's questioning yeah. You're usually doing a good job. <laughs> great. Well, you know what, Eric, it was great meeting you. And I can't wait to be on your podcast. And uh, again, if you want to reach out to him, please reach out to him. Again, I learned something new today. Uh, uh, people call me names now, pants, and I didn't know what that was. <laughs> well, there's always something new every day. That, exactly. As they say, if you don't learn something new every day, what are you doing? That's right. That's right. I agree 100%. Okay. Well, thank you again, and I'll Thanks, talk Eric. to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Hey, thank you for listening. Join us next week for another episode of Author Eke. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.